continuing the Immigrants Who Kick Ass series. Joining KV today is Natalia Kadianiva, founder and CEO of prop tech company Propy, advisor to Arrington XRP Capital, and noteworthy Forbes contributor. Now, here's your host, KV. Hey, Natalia, it's great to have you. Hi, uh, thanks for having me here today. Awesome. I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you. There's so many questions I want to ask. Uh, can we start out? Maybe tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm a software engineer by education and I'm a serial entrepreneur. Started my first company at the age of 19. My first company in software, I actually transitioned into real estate development uh, many years ago. Uh, and four years ago, um, after living in Bulgaria, Dubai, studying in Oxford, I decided to launch Proppy and uh, relocate myself uh, in the United States. So now I live and work in Silicon Valley um, and uh, very happy about uh, what currently I'm working on. You've done so much in the, in the few years that you've been in the U.S. Did Proppy, did you start Proppy after moving to U.S. or did you have the idea before? The idea was born before, uh, actually in uh, London, in Oxford. I had my executive uh, education there, an additional one, and this is where I actually started to think about uh, uh, building something that would impact uh, the real estate industry, like more in global perspective. And that was one of the ideas. And I started to talk uh, to a number of people in London, kind of got the, uh, the idea validated. Then I came here in the US uh, just by chance to a real estate conference in Man. And uh, this is where I felt that uh, that's the place to actually start the the company uh, and to go full on. Are you still glad you you moved to US at this after a few years? Oh yeah. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> You're not? <laughs> no, I, I absolutely am. And I'm, I'm so glad to be talking. I mean, I, it, you know, I, there's so many entrepreneurs in the U.S. And that, that's awesome. I mean, that's what I'm really passionate about. But I'm super passionate to talk to uh, people who came from other countries and have done, you know, wonderful new uh, things in the U.S., which I think U.S. is obviously a place, that, one of the few places in the world where things like this can be done. Could you tell me a bit about what Proppy does? And we're going to like deep dive in a few, but at a high level so people can understand what your business is about. Yeah, um, our mission at Proppy is to automate the home buying process. Uh, and imagine in the future, real estate purchase will be very easy. It will be like Amazon, uh, international, global, with a couple of clicks. You're acquiring a property and you're receiving your title deed uh, instantly after the payment. Uh, so we believe in that uh, future innovation in the industry. And uh, we decided to, to focus on specific automation aspects. And a few years ago, actually, we decided to also incorporate the technology blockchain uh, in order to accomplish our mission. So, okay. So could you uh, tell me a little more specifically, I guess, you guys, and you guys are 100% blockchain based or is blockchain like one of the options? And so let's say, I mean, and I, you know, I know a little bit about what you do. So uh, I just want to make sure people understand, you know, exactly what it is. So if I'm a buyer or a seller of a, of a piece of real estate, a residential house or, or something like that, uh, how would you guys help in the transaction process? Yeah, absolutely. So blockchain is just one of the technologies that we're using, but it's always there on back end and the consumer doesn't actually realize and interfere 
here uh, with this technology. The way we uh, currently are selling our product, which is transaction platform, uh, is uh, to sell to brokerages and agents. And so if you're a consumer, you would actually first ask your agent, hey, I'm ready to close. I'm ready with my decision. Now um, let's close it on Proppy. Um, are you a, a user of Proppy? Uh, it's like DocuSign when you just sign documents uh, with, uh, with a link received by email. Similar with Proppy, you just receive a number of links that you need to execute. Uh, so you would uh, make an offer on our platform. You would uh, receive payment instruction on our platform. Uh, and thus, you would avoid the wire fraud risk. And so the platform really provides the transparency to the consumer. Once you are in the system, you see the entire process of closing and what your agent is doing, what the other agent uh, is executing, the title agent work um, and the seller work. It's all visible in one platform step by step. Awesome. And so so people don't really even, I mean, like this isn't necessarily for blockchain users or experts or technical people. This could be for non-technical folks as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, on uh, In the interface, you, you literally uh, do not see the infrastructure or backend uh, like blockchain. The only uh, place where you face blockchain is the title deed in the end where it actually contains a blockchain address. Awesome. And, and so, so I mean, I, I really want to understand kind of a little bit more on the details because I, I love what you're doing. I mean, I think real estate is such a, it's like one of the few, you know, very, very legacy transactional uh, environments that's left uh, in the U.S. or maybe the rest of the world as well. And, you know, I've gone through a few transactions. I have some involvement with real estate uh, with my company as well. So I know what a pain it could be uh, to to do all of these things because it involves so much paperwork, so many different people. And not only do these people, you know, they all want to make a living. So they all kind of take a piece of the transaction and it takes yeah. so long. I mean, why? how did you, I mean, you were involved in the real estate, but also software, it sounds like, but how did you choose? How did you hone in on this specific problem? It's a huge problem. Yeah, that's, that's true. And it's not a very obvious uh, problem that one startup would uh, tackle in because it's a huge industry. Uh, it's a very fragmented industry, especially in the United States. And uh, every single transaction is dependable on the brokerage agents, the buyer and the seller, and everyone has their, their own agenda, piece of uh, the transaction in terms of fees. Uh, so it was not that, that obvious way to get where we are today, but we just were driven by the mission, um, the automation of the purchase process. The way we, we came on uh, to the, uh, to the real automation is understanding that sooner or later there will be another Airbnb, but for real estate purchases, or it will be Amazon for real estate. Uh, and it's inevitable. The only, uh, part that is missing a global platform for real estate is the automation of the process. Uh, so we just started to uh, dig into that. And the reason I chose this specific uh, issue of the industry is actually my uh, international experience in real estate. So I lived in Dubai. I know how transactions are happening in Dubai. And wherever I traveled uh, around the world, I always would visit some 
properties for sale. They would meet local agents uh, in Europe, uh, in like even Maldives and in uh, exotic places in, in Asia and would always compare what are the fees, uh, what is the transaction process. And beyond that, actually real estate transaction has uh, similar, same pillars all over the world. It's uh, payment, paperwork, and then title transfer. How, so the how, basics are the same. How, how do you think U.S. compares to what you've seen internationally? Oh, good question. Before I came to the U.S., I actually thought that the U.S. market would be the last one we would come because uh, the market is so developed uh, with all the tech startups in real estate, even like having Zillow, it's a huge innovation and improvement of the industry. Uh, because as you know, globally, there are not many portals that are providing real time data on listings. But then coming here, I, I realized that actually the fragmentation of the market, huge delay, pr provoke a huge delay in innovation. Uh, and in terms of automation, nothing has been done besides adoption of DocuSign. Um, so I saw and, the huge opportunity here. And even even with that, I mean, is because I think that this this notion of automation, I mean, that's that seems like to, to us techies, quote unquote, it, it, it seems natural at this space should be more automated than it is today. But I think to a lot of other people and potentially governments, um, you know, from what I understand, even signing a document electronically, like signing the deed or, you know, doing the recording electronically is a huge innovation. It's not adopted everywhere. Is that right? Yeah, that's absolutely true. And here in the US, we're talking about 3,000 counties recording offices uh, that are recording both on paper and collecting papers, scanning them and collecting those kind of digitized uh, scanned document in registries, which is still not efficient. And we've saw those cases at, in Baltimore uh, and in Vermont and, and other states and cities where they were a loss of data because of natural disasters or hacks or whatever. So the, these public data of uh, land records are not resolved and uh, the title fraud are happening everywhere. But besides this innovation um, towards the government and counties in developed countries, there is a massive potential for social impact in develop developing countries because uh, there are over $9 trillion of unrecorded land all over the world. And actually people uh, cannot use their land or home as a collateral or even to sell it to have some liquidity in the market. So once we have reputable registries, it will be definitely a, a huge social impact for uh, economists. And here it's not about uh, digitalization. Um, we've seen the digitalization uh, here in the US, uh, in Europe, uh, but in uh, countries like Ukraine, Russia, Bulgaria, problem is corruption. And even though there is a uh, registry in place with corruption. Um, again, there are many uh, fraud and, and special type of fraud are happening. And then other countries that don't have the level of digitalization. I think it's like a natural transition uh, to blockchain would be something uh, foreseen soon. And, and do, you, do you think that uh, by introducing technology or specifically blockchain to these uh, countries that have some corruption that you mentioned, is that going to potentially solve the issue or is it just going to, you know, force the corruption 
to be different, I guess, from paper? I think it it has the opportunity to to solve the problem. For example, um, registry in Bulgaria last year uh, it was hacked, and it it wasn't the land registry; it was a trade uh, registry, and that's for two months. Uh, the business could not uh, do their operations uh, when it comes to to the registry uh, data. And then when it was restored, many were complaining that the data was missing. And uh, the software provider actually claimed that they don't have a backup uh, of the data, which is uh, looking suspicious because Mm -hmm. that's a natural thing. So... There were some groups of people that were interested in the data to 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 disappear. Um, to disappear and with blockchain, everything is traceable. Yes, uh, it some registry could be hacked, some data could be added, but you would immediately realize that data was altered or were added. Um, so, do you, do you think? Yeah, yeah, no, thank you for that. I, I understand completely. Do, do you think that you having so much knowledge internationally, I mean, all these places are different and now coming to U.S. and sort of building the company in U.S., and, and, and let me ask first, do you, are you focusing on U.S. or are you focusing globally or in some specific places? Yeah, that, that's a good question. And obviously, the main lesson of the startup uh, community, the focus, right? Um, so the first year of operation, we were doing first transactions in the world, first in the European Union, first in the U.S., just to make sure our platform is adaptive to any jurisdiction and, and have a stable fundamental infrastructure. Uh, but since then, we are actually focusing on the U.S. Pretty simple uh, business model. We're selling the solution to brokerages and real estate developers who are mandating their agents uh, to use the platform for all the deals uh, in order to be compliant with the management. Are you guys um, available in any state in the U.S. or are you uh, focused on certain areas for now? Uh, we've transacted in over 10 states as of today. Uh, and that's when we work uh, with brokerages, especially nationwide. Uh, we're making sure that we can transact in, in states in, mm-hmm. in the United States. That was actually our exercise for over 12 months to make sure that the platform is working uh, in, uh, in the major states. Where is most of your effort going? I mean, you you are the CEO of the company. Are you focused on, I imagine there is a lot of potentially regulatory types of issues to address with the counties and the process and all that. Maybe there is some sales type of stuff to introduce and convince the, the agencies, the brokerages that this is technology that could be viable for them long term? Where are you spending most of your own time? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, actually, about a year ago, um, about 20% of my time spent on regulatory research uh, in, in different states. And I was closely working with uh, uh, the governments and authorities in California, in Washington, D.C., educating them on what we're doing, how they could improve uh, the current laws, uh, and also figuring out how our preposition is feeding the regulatory framework in real estate. Uh, and uh, we're kind of past that research, and, and currently our platform is in operation, as I mentioned, in, in a number of states. So my primary focus is uh, team building, hiring, and uh, sales, as you just mentioned. So I'm constantly 
meeting and talking and doing demos with uh, uh, bigger accounts, uh, like brokerages, real estate developers, as well as we've just hired a rock star team of sales, prop tech influencers that are giving, providing us intros to those brokerages and, and leaders in the space. So that's uh, the top priority. Plus, uh, we are consisting of two teams. Uh, one in Palo Alto and one in Bulgaria. As managing uh, the team on, on both continents, uh, and especially engineers, uh, it's a little bit time-consuming, I, I would say, uh, challenging, but in many sense rewarding. Sure, no, it is not easy to manage any team, especially one with uh, you know on two different, two different uh, opposite ends of the world. Where are some of the biggest challenges when you talk to these brokerages? Is this are they understanding? I mean, do you talk about blockchain and how it could be useful for for these types of transactions? Are they kind of understanding, or is blockchain like a thing that they don't really understand and are maybe scared of? I've heard I've heard that kind of feedback. Oh um, yeah, yeah. What, what's Definitely. your experience? It's, it's a great question. We have a lot of inbound interest from brokerages because of our news and articles. Unfortunately, Prop is primarily known only for blockchain innovation, and thus, normally, those brokerages just know that Propy is an association with blockchain. Uh, however, when we reach out to potential customers, we actually don't talk about blockchain until we feel that they would be interested to hear about it. So we go through the demo, we show them all the functionalities like uh, audits, checklists, uh, reports, uh, uh, dashboards for title companies, uh, for buyers, sellers, agents. And then if we see that they want to dive in into infrastructure and backend, then we would explain all about like QR codes and blockchain addresses and so on. And, and at that point, they're usually receptive or do they have hesitation? Yeah, they are. Once they understand that it's uh, just an infrastructure and agents don't have to deal with blockchain and they don't have to understand this technology, obviously uh, there is no discussion. Especially they are actually very happy about our secondary mission to decentralize data uh, because our current competitors, uh, traditional competitors, um, I would say, are Skyslope, owned by Fidelity, and Dotloop, owned by Zillow. Uh, so agents really dislike to give out transaction data to those corporations. And with the blockchain backend, we have the ability to anonymize data, and if we decide to sell it, we could always uh, enrich the originators of the data. Do you think that all the folks who are kind of involved in the process today for, for a real estate transaction to happen, I mean, there's title insurance, there's attorneys, there's uh, agents, you know, there's all these different people involved and they've built big companies or small companies and they've built the livelihood around all this stuff. And, and you know, as things kind of move towards a streamlined technological solution potentially. Uh, do you, are, you f are you fearful of um, the industry kind of being resistant to this type of change? Have you felt that yet or do you think about it? We used to feel it, absolutely, especially when we just roll out transaction platform and we badly needed the first transaction to happen. It took us a few months to find who would be willing uh, to do the transaction. And they even wanted legal opinion. So everybody was worried whether it's legal at all, uh, especially when we have blockchain um, on the back end. 
and uh, also they they wouldn't trust a small startup uh, with the transaction management of high value transactions uh, but then suddenly we got this uh, u.s lawyers opinion le uh, um, letter then we suddenly got one of the largest title companies willing to make transactions on the platform uh the first agents first buyers and and just uh, started to to take off uh but definitely initially we were um quite afraid of having this resistance but uh, those players like title companies and brokerages they understand that a lot of stuff will be changed with technology and blockchain and thus they're preferring to stay close to work close and see where it will go because it's not just us being a player uh, willing to disrupt someone but actually it's a it's a it's an industry play and we don't disrupt or aim to disintermediate uh, uh, right away any of the players we work with everyone uh, because we do believe that collecting data together and have integrity uh, of data exchanging the data in a safe way between all the participants uh, it will only empower uh, all of the participants and yes uh, probably there won't be as much need of uh, manual labor in the future and maybe agents and title companies will start reducing their fees just because their work became more efficient yeah i mean my, this is my personal opinion um i i think that in the u.s specifically and, and perhaps other countries i'm not too familiar with the real estate markets in, in europe but i imagine they're they're probably somewhat similar the process of buying a, a home instead of um, you know let's put aside the transaction itself but like the the process of finding a home using an agent and then you know I, I feel like that that process is is uh, not necessarily broken, but it's just too expensive because the agents charge something like a five or six percent. I mean, they charge the seller uh, mm -hmm. as a buyer, right? You're you're still paying that because the, the drives up the price at the end of the day. Now we have platforms uh, like Redfin and, and maybe some others that are kind of removing that or lowering the fee a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's your take on kind of how the, how it's a huge industry, obviously. So there, again, there's so many people involved, but is your, do you think that the process and, and the cost is unnecessarily high at this point? Well, uh, it seems to be really high, but when you look at actually where the money are going, it kind of all makes sense to some extent. Uh, and there are some lawsuits this year, I don't know if you've heard, with National Association of Realtors. And uh, we see some notion of bringing transparency to the commission space, like Redfin announced that the buyer's commissions will be now transparent to, to the buyers, so they know actually how much uh, their agent uh, are receiving. And Redfin, uh, yes, they, they save on commission, but it's not like half of the commission even. And when you look closely at the, the commission space, it's actually like 20% is going to the brokerage, to the management, to all this litigation side and make sure that uh, the transaction is clear. But then there are uh, fees uh, paid to title companies for title insurance and title search and title reporting. And that's the payment for inefficiency of the recording system in the U.S. because of this fragmented 3,000 counties. While in Europe and other countries, normally it's a centralized registries uh, system, torrent system, uh, where, where lawyers 
or notaries just entering data lately electronically and it's, it's just more efficient so the consumer is not paying thousands of dollars uh, for recording or title report or title insurance. And, and obviously with technology, it, it will change. To answer uh, a quick, uh, in, a, uh, in a shorter uh, version, I do believe that technology will push uh, the industry to lower commission. Uh, but as of now, agents are hardly earning a, a normal annual income, especially in some states. Yeah. Uh, because they have to pay for different tools, uh, for coordinators. It's something that um, technology needs to improve. Yeah, I agree 100%. I'm not saying that the individual agents are getting rich. Some are, but for the most part, I agree with you that they're not. I mean, I live in Boston, so for example, here, uh, a home could cost a million dollars and up as I'm sure on the West Coast and a lot of other places, it's the same. And if it's a 5% commission, I mean, we're talking about a lot of money, $50,000 plus that uh, the intermediary takes. Now, again, as you mm -hmm. said, it probably doesn't go in their own pocket. There's a bunch of other fees and people to uh, to pay that out to, but that's still a lot of money that we, I think, you know, all of us as consumers at the end of the day pay. Uh, so yeah. that's just my, I've been thinking about that for a while and I'm really glad Know you guys are coming up with technological solutions to streamline the stuff. Can I ask how has it been as far as you know coming from another country fairly recently, only about you know four years ago you mentioned, and uh, mm -hmm. st uh, starting a startup which is fairly prominent and, and doing so much stuff in the U.S. How has the reception been from like the established players, these big agencies, brokerages, and others? How have you felt as a uh, as a businesswoman with a startup here? Uh, yeah, uh, interesting question because uh, those feelings sometimes are controversial. From one point of view, uh, the community here, the startup community specifically, and real estate community is really curious about new people. Uh, and it's very easy to open first doors. But then it's uh, it's a bit hard to uh, be being a, an outsider. It's it's a bit hard to get to next steps. But at the same time, I was amazed when I just came in Silicon Valley when everybody were offering help and uh, introductions. Like every single meeting would end with question like, "How can I help?" Uh, and it's this welcoming uh, community uh, really inspired me from the very beginning. Was it has it been a a positive experience when you compare it to like being in London or being in Bulgaria. I, I don't know if you had businesses um, over there, but if you did, how did it, how does it compare? Um, yeah, another interesting question because uh, conducting business in Dubai, Bulgaria, um, I kind of expected uh, some uh, neglection um, for women uh, business uh, leaders, uh, and I didn't feel that. Uh, so I was really surprised, uh, and it was uh, the expectations were not high. So obviously, from in a woman entrepreneurship perspective, um, I got um, surprised. Um, and then uh, being in Silicon Valley, sometimes I felt like uh, women are still not getting the. Um, uh, the best uh, outcomes in meetings. Sometimes I would feel those questions like, how would you fail instead of how, how would you succeed, especially in the beginning, the first one or two years. But with traction and then building reputation, it, it's changing. 
And yes, there are many conversations about women empowerment and sexism and whatnot, but sometimes it feels that these are just conversations. So hopefully it will change further for good. I think things are cha- are changing for the better. And actually, an interesting story. I've known about you and your company for maybe a couple of years. And I remember I was at a conference and, and we, I was talking to someone, I can't remember who, and uh, I asked about Proppy and and. and they they were t- they started talking about you. I think they, they either knew you personally or met you, and they said that you, uh, Natalia is one of the hardest working women in the blockchain space. I remember that that was a couple oh, of years wow. ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. so, so I'm sure you put a lot of hard work to to uh, to get to where you are. I'm sure it was it was uh, not all you know not all roses. Yeah, absolutely. Persistence is uh, one of our key founders aspect of the success. Because uh, we're three uh, female uh, co-founders, and really those last four years, it, it, it's been like 24-7 work. But when we see results, when we see our team uh, uh, being inspired with every single success, we just want to move forward. Uh, so what's next for you guys? I mean, when can I buy the next house on Proppy? Oh, cool. Well, you can actually <laughs> do it now if you ask your agent if they use Proppy. <laughs> Yeah, so what's next uh, is really onboarding brokerages to have thousands of agents using the platform, really the consumers to learn about it and and achieve this word of mouth that they're happy with experience. So we've never seen that in real estate uh, so far. Uh, So this is our short-term goal uh, for the the next uh, one year. Uh, And then long-term, we really see the future with like Bloomberg-like terminal, uh, with real-life transactions happening all over the world, and uh, hopefully uh, one of the pieces of this infrastructure, if not all, would be made by our team. Awesome. Natalia, it was really great talking to you. I learned a lot. I think you guys are doing great stuff, and I wish you the best of luck. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for the great questions and great mood. Thanks. Thanks.